What's up, everyone? This is The Debris with Pastor Matt Brown and Melody Workman, who will be hanging out with us. We're so glad to have you. We're going to be talking a little bit about why she's on here. But all that's coming up on The, the Debris. debris. You, you forgot to say The Debris. The Debris. debris. There you go. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Debrief with Pastor Matt Brown. Yes, sir. And honestly, we are excited because we have a special guest in the house. Come on, somebody. Yay. Yes. And her name is Melody Workman. Melody is the executive director of Story and Experience here. Uh, yep. Melody, can you tell us, first of all, what that actually means? Yes, can role? you tell me what that right. actually means? <laughs> yes, right. yes. Well, uh, in a lot of churches, they might call that creative director uh, we actually went with story and experience because what the teams that I get to oversee, yes, we yeah. do we we believe that we tell stories and create experiences that draw people to Jesus. Mm, okay. So that's through the weekend services, that's video, graphic design, communications, yep. worship yep. production. Um, so we we sort of we put all of the things together okay. that help really execute our weekend services, yes. online services we have yeah. input in there. Pretty much anything that you see or read from right. Sandals is coming through those right. teams, yeah. and they're awesome people, and yes, I, they are. I have the best job. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. Oh, I really believe you. that. <laughs> She's the best boss awesome. <laughs> of all time. I, so the OG. Humble. The OG you, of bosses. Yeah, the OG of bosses. <laughs> no, seriously, honestly, Melody, you as a leader – um, which I've seen in the last six months, uh, I'm so impressed. Mm. I've seen a lot of um, um, individuals lead, but your leadership is impeccable. Mm. Uh, in fact, so this past weekend, we had the virtual leadership conference, which was awesome, which is still, you guys can go to sandalschurch.com slash leadership conference, and all of that content is still there. It will be there forever. Mm. Uh, Pastor Matt, uh, we had a panel where you were, chatting with a lot of your executive pastors, and right. you talked about Melody as a female leader and right. what she brings, even saying, like, seriously, one of the best leaders mm. that we have. Explain why she is, as a female leader, one of the best leaders we yeah, have. Yeah, well, I think that just female or male, she's one of the best team builders that we have. Yes. I think she's great at the punch and hug, so she's not afraid to challenge, but she also loves and cares for her staff. Yes. I think that she gets organization and strategy, and she's just... She's just a multifaceted, uh, just amazing leader. And the thing that's just so awesome about God, right, is we didn't even hire her. We hired her husband, hmm. and she was, you know, the cool tag-along. And then over time, you know, I just got to know her, meet her. We began to talk. We had some tough conversations early on sure, sure. Um, where I challenged her, and they, they were hard, and she, yeah. she took it. Yeah. You know, she bounced back. She yeah. changed. And I just began to realize this is someone really special. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Um, the thing that makes Melody so special, and we talked about, is she's not afraid of accountability and feedback. She she values it. Uh, she wants it. I think she thrives on it. And really, I think the ceiling for most leaders is they can't deal with that. Mm. They can't handle that that rough conversation. Uh, and I don't think any of us like it. You know, hey, Mel, I think you should have done this better or that better. But the thing that Melody and I share is we want what's best for the church. Yes. And so if you can remove yourself from the, the, personaliz the personalization, is that a word? Personalization. Yes, personalization of the criticism and say, okay, I want what's best for the church, and I want our people to experience the very best, and if I can remove myself from that, um, then then I'm going to be okay with it. And so um, I, I think she's one of those people. She's, she's naturally uh, and supernaturally gifted by God, but she has also stewarded those resources to become 
the very best leader she can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's so exciting is I think there's also room for growth. I mean, she's mm-hmm. not done growing and just being an incredible leader. And um, I thrive on great leaders like yourself, like others. Uh, I actually have a disdain for people who can't lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what makes her incredible, um, you know, just as a woman leader is, I think it's very, very difficult to lead in today's culture as a woman. Uh, there are, you know, there's, it's a different game as a man and as a woman, those things are real. Um, you know, we can talk about, oh, they shouldn't be, they're real. Uh, and Melody and I can have those conversations all the time about what it means to, to lead as a woman. Like, you know, um, I, I'm not going to go there, but there, there's, <laughs> there's some things that we could talk about at a later day, just the challenges of being a female yeah. leader. And, um, like you and I, we don't worry about how we dress. Right. We just show up, right. you know, for a woman, like that's a whole like yeah. level of layers as to how do I look? How am I perceived? And those are challenges that, that she faces that we don't. And we can say they're not fair, but that doesn't mean they're not real. Right. Yeah. And so as a female leader, like they have to break through these issues that you and I aren't even aware of. Um, just like you as a black man, there, there are issues that you're aware of that you've had to break through that I've, I've been ignorant of my whole right. life. And so um, doesn't mean that being a white leader is not challenge free. It just sure. means that we have different challenges. Yep. And um, Melody is just absolutely incredible, and I, I truly believe uh, she's one of the best leaders, men or women, and so that's why I shy away from, you know, as a female leader, I think um, she's one of the best leaders, period, that we have at our church, mm. and we're, um, we're thrilled to have her. I'm thrilled to have her, um, and I think our church is really blessed and really risen, um, you know, because the church can only go as high as the leaders sure. that we have can take us. Mm. And, you know, that's been the heartache of Sandals Church over time is watching leaders who either hit their ceiling, uh, people that we loved, cared about, or they were unwilling to break through. And, uh, you know, I think about one of the most talented leaders that's no longer with us and, you know, really, really talking about, you know, and said to me, it's no longer fun. Well, what happened is he ran into an area where he had to grow Mm. and he chose to bounce out and to go somewhere else. And I can just tell you that God works through pain and suffering. That's how he grows us. Yes. And, uh, and that's why, you know, I know Melody's been hurt so often by male chauvinist pigs, you know, uh, just awful men in leadership. But I thank God for those idiots because without them, I don't get Melody. I don't mm. get this. You know, we don't get Abraham Lincoln unless he grows up in a dirt floor mm. starving. That's how we get Lincoln. Um, you know, and I don't know that we can get that president again because he or she is not going to come from that level of suffering. And suffering produces greatness. You know, the Bible says that, you know, Isaiah predicted that Jesus would be a man of many sorrows, mm. a lot of heartache. Mm. And that's how we get Jesus. Um, you know, I think a lot of us like to think that he just came out of the shoot. Uh, my wife hates it when I say that. He just came out of the shoot perfect. Well, he did, but, but part of how he grew is he suffered. He was tempted. And he went through all of this heartache and became who he is. And so Melody's like Jesus, yeah. been through a lot of suffering. And so I'm really, really, showed up today. Yeah, <laughs> really oh, grateful right. that um, uh, she's there. And, you know, and I can call Melody at any time. And there's very, very few leaders where I can be rough. I can be critical. I can be myself around her. I'm a lot to handle. You don't need to amen. Um, I'm a lot to handle. Um, and, and there, you know, it takes a really strong leader to deal with me and to handle me and the, the, like those, those are my issues and my, my rough spots, you know, and Melody, I think, is able to love me, appreciate me and follow me mm. despite like my lack of perfection, mm. uh, moral, spiritual or emotional. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. 
And it's been an incredible journey for me. I mean, we talked about this a little bit at the leadership conference, and I do think there's a lot of value in aspiring leaders to go back and take in all of that Mm -hmm. content. Um, But especially for female leaders, you know, there, there is something to the fact that you can't, and we've talked about this, you can't remove every obstacle that we face um, because that is how we grow. And when I look back and I was doing this as I was driving home from the leadership conference this past weekend, I was thinking about some of the really hurtful conversations. Mm. I mean, there was one, my eyes were swollen from crying so hard. Not with me. Not with you. Okay, thank you. We need to clarify for audience. Like 20 years ago. (laughs) Yes, um, sure. It was such, it was such a hurtful conversation. I can still feel myself sitting in the room, listening to what was being said, knowing that it wasn't true, but but being strong armed, having no no choice, you know, nothing else to do, and yet looking back and thinking, man, that was so tough. But wow, what that brought me to a place of desperation for God, and that's where I think most great leaders need to start. Is I was just desperate for time with God, for a relationship with God, mm. for depth with God. And he was filling all the crevices that other people weren't, that didn't see the value I could bring or didn't want the value or anything like that. And that started me on a journey to pursuing him and wanting him more than I wanted a position yeah. or a title or affluence. And that, I think that was, you know, I, there were some bumps and you know bruises along the way after that, but that was, I think, where I needed to be to get to where I am today and where I hope I continue to go is just remaining desperate for God to fill you and not looking for the accolades or the applause or the audience Mm -hmm. of men to kind of pump you up. Um, It's got to be something that's deeper, that's sustaining. And that was a huge, that was a huge learning lesson for me, but again, helped me helped me learn some of my rough edges and refine those. And I have a husband who's not afraid to help me refine those as well, because that's what iron does. It sharpens. And um, so that's been that's been good. And I'm just incredibly grateful for the role and for this church. I believe so much in the vision. Um, And um, and Matt makes me laugh, too. Yes, he does. Yeah, Yeah, I would say to any young leader, the best thing that you can do is get in an organization that values leadership. And yes. so a lot of times I think young leaders look at theology. So if I'm a young female leader, I'm looking at, is this church complementarian or egalitarian? I would say, don't look at theology, look at what are they actually doing? Yeah. Because they might have the label of egalitarianism, but they don't they don't thrive on leadership. They're not, because not everybody is equal right. in sure. gifts. I'm not equal to myself on on, on Monday and Tuesday. Right. So, so you have to look at, is this an organization where I can thrive and grow? And I remember years ago, Greg Laurie was asking me why I left Harvest Church. Mm. Uh, like I gave my life to Jesus Christ at his church. And I think he, rightfully so, I, I'm reading into this a little bit. I think he was sad that I didn't stay. Mm. I mean, I, I would want a young Matt Brown at my church. Mm-hmm. I, hopefully mm-hmm. that doesn't sound too arrogant. Um, but, but I was serious. When I, when I gave my life to Jesus, I got very serious about, okay, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus. Yeah. And he said, he said, why did you leave? And I said, because there was no path for me to lead. Mm. There was right. no path. Um, and I, I felt like there was a culture, uh, and this is not a criticism of Har- Harvest Church. Sure. Um, I love that church. Mm-hmm. Pray for that church. There was, not, there was a culture of keeping your place in line. And I wanted, I wanted a culture where I could get to the front and lead as quickly as possible. At Sandals, there's been seasons where there's been a culture of a line. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens in government. We promote people who've been here the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Elon Musk has a great talk about why he believes that um, private industry will outpace NASA. So NASA is a culture of, right, 
ethnic diversity, gender diversity, how long have you been here? We have to reward this. And he's like, we're cutting through all that red tape. He says, we're developing, I think it's SpaceX. Is he SpaceX or is that the, the British guy? I can't remember. Um, he said, we're developing a culture where the best idea wins. Mm. The best idea promotes, it doesn't matter what color your skin is, what, what gender you are, it, it promotes the best idea. That's what has to be moved forward. And I think for, off, for far too long, the church is, who's been here the longest, who has the most degrees, sure. and we punish people for new ideas, new thinking, a fresh way to carry out, um, not our, our, our mission, but our strategy. Yeah. And um, I would just say get in a church where uh, decision-making and, and risk-taking are rewarded. Mm -hmm. And I think that you know, I try to encourage that in Melody, decision-making and, and uh, you know, risk-taking. Um, mm -hmm. She's going to strike out, but I think over time, you know, big hitters do, right? They yeah. strike out, and, right. and we have to, I want people that are going to swing for the fence, and we're going to go for it. You know, we did the leadership conference. There were some hiccups. Yeah. There were some things sure. that didn't go well, but I was telling Dan, I thought it was a great hit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it wasn't out of the park, but I, I think this is something that we need to continue to do and really, really support, specifically in, in Southern California, just this idea of leadership yes. um, and, and promoting and pushing people because we want great leaders in the church. So yeah. this has nothing to do with our debrief show today, no, but, but we're glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks. I, I mean, I feel already super, super good right now. I could leave right now. Yes. I could leave and be good right. for the next month. <laughs> right, exactly. My husband yeah. doesn't even have to be nice to Look, me now. Touchdown <laughs> Jesus liked it. We haven't had Touchdown Jesus in a long time. Well, actually, because of that, I'm glad you got to set it up. And that's exactly the reason why we wanted to have Melody on today, because we want her perspective mm. and just um, her leadership experience um, as we discuss and continue in this conversation of the series that we're in called Election. Right. And so your last uh, message this past weekend uh, was how to fight for what you believe in. So good. I mean, it was so I mean, good. it was powerful. I mean, you talked about Stuten. Yeah. <laughs> you talked about You talked about Cardi down. B. My teens were like, I'm Cardi listening. That's right. They <laughs> were like. You mentioned Cardi yeah. B. Yeah. Right. And so, um, I mean, even Scorpions with Tammy, you know, yeah, yeah. walking with that God. That really happened, yeah. Uh, I mean, you <laughs> talked about so many awesome, amazing things. So, can you just give us like a little quick recap and then maybe maybe uh, a little bit of your thoughts on yeah, the message overall? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that there's two things. And we're going to get into this uh, as at the end of the message, but I think. You know, th there's a part of us as Christians that have to trust God, mm -hmm. um, but there's also a part of us that we have to realize, you know, we're, we have to fight for what we believe in. I was watching this Trump rally, and I couldn't believe it. This, the whole front row was nuns, Catholic nuns. No mm. way. So typically, right, you know, the, the, uh, the, the conservative Republican base has been evangelical. So if you're not aware, sure. Catholic nuns do not fit into that category. And it's all of these nuns with MAGA masks on. I was cracking up. Um, because that's just an interesting... Politics make for interesting coalitions. Yes. <laughs> like my buddy Mark Driscoll said, the day that he knew he had to resign was he had homeschool moms, uh, LGBT, uh, and uh, uh, Calvinists throwing rocks at his house. <laughs> like he's like, That's he's not like, funny. They were throwing yeah, rocks. Yeah, you know, he's like, okay, that's when I know I got to go, right? When you're bringing homeschool moms wow. and, you know, rainbow flags wow. together, wow. you know you got a problem. Um, wow. But, you know, there are things that we have to fight for. And so, you know, for these Catholic nuns, right, it's all about abortion, right? Yes. You know, uh, not rights, ab you know, making abortion uh, illegal. And this is something that they're very, very passionate about. Yes. And, you know, they're willing. I, I just thought that was amazing. There they are in the front row, mm. you know, in their outfits, you know, um, and, and, and just passionate about, you know, what it's going to take to save the life of unborn children. And... Um, you know, you know that's a, that's something that I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. You know, seventy percent of all abortion clinics are in black and brown neighborhoods. Mm. Seventy percent of all abortion clinics are in black and brown neighborhoods. 
the black population in America would be double the size today if it wasn't for abortion. Mm. Like that is genocide. It's yeah. it's horrific. Mm. Yeah. So uh, that's not the only issue on the ballot, sure. but that is that is a major issue for me, and it's something that I care about, and it's something that I want to be vocal about. And uh, in a couple of weeks, one of the sermons is, "Have I been deceived?" Wow. And um, that's coming up because Joshua gets deceived mm-hmm. by the Gibeonites. And so we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about environmentalism. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, gay rights. We're going to talk about abortion issues. We're going to talk about all these things that I think that oftentimes, you know, politicians, right, it's the art of deception. It's making you think that they're for one thing, but they're, mm. you know, really, really not for another thing. Um, so you're going to stay away from all the hot topics? No, no. Like, so when Kamala Harris gets asked, <laughs> are you a socialist? And her response is laughter. That's oh, not that's not an actual answer. Mm. Yeah. And so, uh, mm. yeah, I'm all for Donald Trump getting pressed. I think right. press that guy till Jesus comes. Right, right. But you got to you got to press on the other side. And we can't just laugh. Yeah. So mm. because these are these are real issues. And so, um, you know, there, there are things that we have to fight for. And I care as a Christian for our environment. But I but I but I care about it from a humanistic theistic perspective. So I don't believe that, uh, you know, Mother Earth is uh, our God, our goddess. And and that's what I think so much of of what's happening is our young people today, there's this religion gap. They don't don't have anything that they believe in, so they believe in this thing called Mother Earth, and and their religion is environmentalism, and that's why they're crazy, Mm -hmm. right? Because they they have the religious zeal, they don't have the moral code. Right, right. So that's the problem with environmentalism, um, uh, which is behind, I think, a lot of the abortion activism is they truly believe the world would be better with less people. I think that's that's the elephant in the room that we need to talk about about the environmentalist movement. Um, you know, they don't care about indigenous peoples in Africa. They care about the apes. And if we have to destroy a bunch of in- indigenous uh, people in Africa, fine, because this gorilla is the most important thing. And so, who cares that all these people are starving? Yeah. Mm. So we're going to talk about that. So we have we have to engage, but we have to engage, like I said, with policy, with reason, um, and there are things that we got to do. So you know, I thought that the whole point on march around march around this place in silence. For six days is huge. Seriously. I think it gives the believer focus, um, and I think the problem with so much of politics today is people are angry at everything, and so that they they don't stand for anything. Right. And it's like, what 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 is it that you want to deal with? What what is it that you want to get at? Mm. And so, uh, like in the issue of George Floyd, what happened to him was horrendous, evil, and wrong, and we need to be laser focused on that issue. But young people today just kind of are pissed at everything, and so everything needs to burn, everything needs to be destroyed, there's no hope for anything, mm-hmm. and we lose focus on police reformation, uh, reformation, is that the right word? Uh, you know, reforming Reform. uh, police yep. departments, how we take down people, how we treat people, um, specifically people of color that have been historically abused by police, that's something that's real. Um, but we have to be willing to fight for that. And so we're really going to get into it more this next weekend as, as how, do, how do I survive this election? Mm-hmm. And really the sermon subtitle is how to prepare for political change. And I think you'll be really shocked at what, what, what Joshua does before he crosses the Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all need to look at that. So um, I, I would just say that there are things that we have to fight for. And God forbid, you know, like, uh, you know, Christians in the Revolutionary War, they were divided. Uh, one of the fa- one of my favorite sermons is by a pastor from Maine, who begins preaching his sermon in uh, his robe, and at the end he takes it off and he's dressed in United States militia garb. Mm. Wow! Wow! And he changes his sermon changes because it's time to fight, mm. and right and and he charges his congregation, uh, who are largely pacifist, and the church was torn because right we have to submit to our go- governing authorities. And for them, that was King George. 
you know, when we were kids, we were taught Paul Revere. Remember, he wrote yeah, and he right. chanted mm-hmm. uh, the Who's Coming. Do you remember? Uh, oh, tri- no, the Midnight uh, Ride of Paul Revere. Yes. That's what I remember. It's, he says the British are coming, the British, British are coming, British are, which yeah. is not actually what he said because they're all British. <laughs> <laughs> they're all British citizens. What he said was the Redcoats are coming, the Redcoats red are coming, yes. the Redcoats are coming. And so even as kids, our American history is skewed because we, we don't realize that, um, you know, he was chanting something very different. And so um, so much that's in Boston. I mean, just the history of it is incredible. Yes. Um, you know, and, and the Revolutionary War started, you know, with such hope for black people, right? Because mm-hmm. they were going to have rights and freedom. And mm-hmm. obviously that thing fell apart with the constitutional compromise. But... Um, there are things that sometimes we need to be passionate about and sometimes we have to fight. And that's the thing is, you know, I think that Paul, the Bible says, as far as it depends upon you, work to be at peace with all men. But there are issues where you have to fight. Right. But it's for Jericho. It's for the promised land. It's not for all of earth, all time. And that's the thing that I think differentiates Christians from Muslims. So jihad, right, is for all time, for all country, for all land. Joshua is for this land, this place, and for this time. That's it. So God gives uh, Joshua a scope. He doesn't say conquer the earth, right? He says conquer this land, drive out these people who are Canaanites, which Canaanites come from. I mean, a lot. like, why does God hate Canaanites? Well, it comes from Noah's son, Ham, who, um, and if your kids are listening, press pause, get them out of the car, and then hear this. You know, there's this weird scene that's very, yes. very difficult to translate in Hebrew, but it says that Ham exposed his father's nakedness. Yes. And when Noah learns of it, he curses Ham and drives them out. Yeah. Uh, so it's in Genesis chapter 9. It's very, very difficult. But I know that Ham didn't just see his dad naked. Right. Mm. He probably sexually, sexually assaulted his dad in some kind of homosexual act. Yeah. And the Canaanites become this this homosexual, sexualized cult mm-hmm. where they worship penises, you know, and breasts, that's Canaan. Yeah, it is. And, and the Lord says they're so evil, he has to spit them out. Mm. And who is the most righteous person in the capital of Canaan? A prostitute named Rahab. Mm-hmm. So she's the best. She's the best of the worst because she realizes something needs to change. Her right. and her family are saved and redeemed from this culture that's so rotten. Yep. So evil. And we see this again, you know, with Noah, right? The flood. And then we realize the problem is just human DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, so we talk a lot about in modern society, kids talk about systems and structures, which I think we can talk about. But the problem of racism is not systems or systemic issues. It's people. It's sin issues. And so even when God floods the earth and starts over, mm-hmm. <laughs> Noah grows himself a vineyard, gets drug, drunk, and the thing goes nuts. Yeah. It's us. Um, and we've seen this in socialist communistic revolutions. We, we wipe it clean. We start over. I mean, Hitler said we need to start over. Mm-hmm. Germany is too corrupt. And what does he do? He erects something even more evil than the next. And so when you look at Israel and the kings, each king successively is more evil than the last. And you read it in the text. It says, and this king did more evil than his than fathers the, yes, and exactly. anyone before him. Yep. It's like. Oh, my God. It's like it's they're winning worse, a gold medal in right, sin. Exactly. Each successive generation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So as Christians, we have to learn to fight for what we believe in. And, and let me say this. You know, one of the weapons of the left, and I, I, when I became politically aware in the 90s, I was very left. 
And I told Christians that it was immoral for you to, to vote with your morality in the voting booth. And I've, I've completely realized how that's just wrong mm. because we're all voting for what we believe in. Left, atheist, center, right, conservative, you know, environmentalist. Everybody's exercising what they, th- th- that's what laws are. What is morally good? Uh, now, as a, a democracy, we have to say, okay, and then how do we give freedoms, uh, you know, for some immorality? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I, I think that marijuana is immoral. I do. Because I think that it violates the be drunk with wine principle of the Christian. And I don't think that you're at your best when you're stoned. Right. Now, I will say, if you have cancer or, you know, some condition sure. that's legit, uh, I think that there are uses for all medicines. Mm-hmm. But I think intos- intoxication or being buzzed wrong. But as a Christian, I have to say, okay, this is an issue where I may need to relinquish my moral take on this um, because I don't know that I have a voice in how you relax at home. That's good. Mm. That's good. I do have a voice in how you drive. Right. And I need, right? If, you, if you're stoned in a car, then yeah. I think I need to have right. some right. say. If you're abusing your kids or neglecting your kids, sure. I, I think as a society we have a say. So it's, it's a touchy, touchy issue. And really, I think America going forward is the challenge is we have two issues. We have religious freedom, which is protected under the First Amendment, and we also have non-religious freedom, which is protected under the First Amendment. And these two things are constantly going to be clashing, um, and we have to figure out a way to work together. And so I think in the past, religious groups you know, pounded it over the heads of non-religious people who wanted to do whatever they want to do. But nowadays, I think it's the other way, and it's the left-pounding conservative groups with, you got to do it our way, Mm. uh, or it's a highway. And I'm just saying, let's put down the stick, and let's try to respect one another and realize we're going to disagree on some issues. So so sometimes you got to fight. So that was like a 20-minute summary (laughs) of my 46-minute message. I I was, we watched, you know, we were, you know, watching together as a family this weekend, and I asked um, the kids to listen and watch and then give us their, like, aha moment or biggest takeaway. I've got three teenagers. And the fact that you did mention Cardi B right. in your message uh, resonated. And one of, and because what you said was, you know, a lot of you know the lyrics to a Cardi B song, but you don't know what Jesus says. Right. And that sparked a really great conversation with us about how we are unarmed in battle as Christians because we don't know what Jesus has said. We don't know what he says about issues. Right. We don't know what he says about what's true about us. We're so, um, the words of Jesus are strange and unfamiliar to us, but Cardi B lyrics feel familiar and like we just kind of get our groove on. Yeah. And yeah. and that's not just for teenagers, that's right. just for Christians. Right. And and so we, we had a really great conversation about how... Um, the Bible is meant for us to live by. You use the you use the verse, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. That's what we talked about. The Bible for our kids is your weapon. What keeps you from sinning is remembering what God says about the sin you're about to commit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you don't know, right. if you you just it's wrong or not. I should, my mom said I shouldn't do it. That that only works for a certain amount of time. Sure. That when it becomes like a heart thing, God said this about this sin. Here's the consequences God's laid out. You talked mm-hmm. about First Corinthians six and. First Corinthians seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so the challenge, my challenge to my kids this week was start somewhere, find a verse 
maybe that deals with something you struggle with and memorize it. Mm -hmm. Anyone can memorize a Bible verse. But I think it goes well beyond teenagers. Mm -hmm. I think there's tons of adult American Christians, especially, who've never memorized God's word. They don't know what he says. Um, And so as we get into these divisive political seasons where we just, there's information thrown at us everywhere. Everywhere. When we're not grounded in the word, we are so easily swayed Mm -hmm. and moved, disillusioned, disappointed, Mm -hmm. angry, all of those things. God's word has to be the foundation. Um, And that was really good. And it goes back to Joshua. Joshua kept communing with God as he was fulfilling this Mm -hmm. really big task of taking over this land that felt insurmountable. Um, He was back with Mm -hmm. what does the Lord say? Mm -hmm. What does the Lord Mm -hmm. say? What does God tell us Mm -hmm. to do? Mm -hmm. And that's what drove him. And I just, I think we need more Christians today who are driven by and guided by the word of God. And when when it comes to the word of God, Mm -hmm. um, I love that segue. Uh, because in your message, um, when it you know comes about um, um, believe and and what are you fighting for um, and who your real enemy is, you actually talked about Ephesians six yeah. ten, uh, for we do not wrestle mm. against. Fl- I love this passage. For we do not wrestle against mm. flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, mm. against the spiritual forces of evil mm. in the heavenly places. How do we know? if what we're facing is an attack from the enemy or just the facts of life? Mm. Yeah, I I think that most of the time it's just the facts of life. I think that like when my my family and I got in our worst fight during COVID as we're sitting down to watch church, I think that is clearly the enemy. Um, You know, I think that it is not just God who has a plan for your family, for your kids. It is also the enemy and he has a plan. And the apostle Paul says, we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. I think most people are. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) you know, is the devil on the side of your marriage or not? Mm. You know, you know, uh, where, where is the devil? And, and, you know, if we want our kids to to live in truth, we have to live in truth. Um, and, um, you know, one of the points I wanted to make that I didn't, I don't think I said in my sermon and I wanted to make it was you can't invite the devil into your home and then get mad at which room he chooses to have. No, you did say that. Oh, I did say that. Okay. Um, So good. And so I think, so I think as, you know, as a father, I can't, you know, go to my computer and look at porn while my wife's asleep. And and so I'm inviting the devil into my home and then get mad at because he then attacks my child or he attacks, you know, Mm. an issue that they're facing. I mean, the devil only comes into your home when you give him permission. That's right. Uh, So there's a reason, right, that the mezuzah is on the doorpost of every house. It's a statement saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it has the great command commandments in the mezuzah. So a mezuzah literally in Hebrew means doorpost. So you hang it on the doorpost. Um, but it's the idea that, you know, when you look at the Shema, which means to hear, and, and, and you read it, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. The, first, the next thing that it talks about is teaching your children, mm-hmm. teaching your children the Word of God. And so I see so many families today where softball's God, travel ball's God, Come on. Uh, the river's God, Man. The, your boat is God. And then they get mad when their kids are older and they don't honor their parents. They get pregnant before they get married. So let's go back to the Ten Commandments. I mean, just teach your kids the Ten Commandments. Just sit down and talk with those. That's the beginning. And people say, well, we're not under the law. Well, tell me which one of those that you can't, you can't honor. Uh, you know, uh, the Jews don't call it the Ten Commandments. They call it the Ten Statements. And the first statement is, I am the Lord your God who delivers you out of slavery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first statement is deliverance. Yes, amen. 
So this is why this is why you want to, you want to know me because I deliver you out of your sin. And so then you know then talk about those. Don't worship any idol. Don't make anything that looks like me. Make sure that you rest. That you give me one day a week for rest and worship. And then there's these beautiful commandments, right? Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And you think about those things. Um, those are really all for your benefit. Yeah. The best thing that you can do for your family is is not commit adultery, not invite something else into your family's life that protects the kids, yeah. gives kids security, uh, makes them feel safe, makes them feel like love is something that matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's not steal. Let's not bear false witness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the most important commandment is thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. Don't say God is in your life and in your family's life when he's not. Mm. So the word... Um, uh, is actually in Hebrew is to carry. Okay. So don't carry the Lord's name on your back if he's not on your back. You know, wow. don't tell people God's got your back if he doesn't, right? Wow. And so, um, and, and, and I think it's what Jesus talks about with the unforgivable sin. I think as Christians, because we've divorced ourselves so much from Judaism, we don't understand what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is. Hmm. So Jesus is, is, is ministering in the name of God. Then we have these others who say they are ministering in the name of God, but they're not ministering in the name of God. And they accuse him of actually operating under the power of the devil. And he says, you will not be forgiven of right. the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's a direct correlation to the Ten Commandments of thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain, because it was unforgivable then, and it's unforgivable wow. now. Man. You don't get to parade around no. calling yourself Christian. You know, like I had this woman, um, and if you're listening, I'm sorry, I-, I wish I would have said this to you, but... You know, she's so upset because her her boyfriend in the church they dated for four years is this giant hypocrite, and she just doesn't understand mm. how he could say one thing and do another. And as I was walking away, I, you know, I know they were having sex. Mm. So she's mad at his level of hypocrisy because it goes beyond her level of hypocrisy, but neither of them made a decision to honor God mm. and choose to do it in the right way. Yeah. And so now she's been wounded because she's been in a relationship with a guy for four years who she had sex with, but she didn't get married. But she's mad that he was doing other things with other women. But, you, you know, you, look at what you were doing. Yes, exactly. Sure. You, yeah. you, were, you, were, you were calling yourself a Christian couple, but you were carrying the name of God in vain. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says it is better to get married than to burn with lust. So, so that's the thing is we're not offended by our hypocrisy. We're always offended by others' hypocrisy. And so we, we have to learn to really look at ourselves. And as a parent, man, I can just tell you the best thing my parents did for me, I was not allowed to play sports on Sundays. We went to church. So that meant I was less competitive. I still got a college scholarship. Mm-hmm. I, st- I still was able to be athletic. But my parents made decisions that I thought were very unfair and er- very unkind at the time but what it did is it set a precedent. As for our house, we serve the Lord, and we don't right. miss church. Amen. You know, and, and, and so nowadays, you know, you actually have, you, you, you can maybe travel and you can watch online, but some of you as parents say that you do that, but you don't do that. No. Mm-hmm. You don't sit down and you don't actually right. talk about these things, and you're not hiding these words in your heart that you might not sin against God. A lot of our listeners don't even know where they're sinning. They're completely ignorant, and ignorance is not permission. <laughs> Like, just because you didn't know, God's not like, oh, don't worry right, about no, it. Right. You, you chose not to know. Yeah. You chose to be ignorant. And, um, you know, it's part of the reason I think our political process is such a disaster, because most people don't know. They don't know. Like, you know, I was talking to somebody, oh, I just can't stand Trump. I said, well, tell me, tell me something you don't like that he did. They couldn't name one. Well, I can name some things that I don't like mm-hmm. that he did, mm-hmm. uh, but I can also name some things I'm really excited about. I, I can't believe the peace deals that he's signing with Israel in the Middle East. Never happened. Not in my lifetime. Mm. Never happened. Bill Clinton tried, got so frustrated, like literally walked out of Camp David because, 
you know, the Palestinians are just literally don't want peace. Mm. They don't want peace. They're not interested in peace. And finally, the rest of the Middle East has woken up to this fact. And so what did Donald Trump do? He circumvented the Palestinians because he said they don't want peace, but the Middle East does. And he was said that he was wrong. He's going to get a Nobel Peace Prize. Even if he doesn't get elected, he's mm. going to win the Nobel Peace Prize, which is incredible. Super excited about what he's done for, you know, uh, people who've been imprisoned for life in prison for drug offenses, many of them black. Mm -hmm. This is incredible what's happening. Mm. You know, we gave crackheads 30 years to 40 years in prison for a drug addiction. Yeah. That's wrong. Yeah. Mm. It was wrong and it was terrible, <clears throat> you know, and to be fair... You know, it, it was bipartisan, and the Black Caucus supported it in the early 1990s. We didn't know what to do with, mm -hmm. with the violence that was occurring in our cities. Sure, in our cities. Sure. It, was, it was awful. Sure. Clearly what they did was not the right choice. He's, he, you know, he, he's writing that. Uh, he's doing some good things. Um, you know, there are some things that I think Joe Biden is good about. I mean, clearly Donald Trump seems to be a climate denier. I think it's problematic. Mm -hmm. CO2 emissions are a problem. It's a problem for everybody. Uh, many of these uh, energy factories are in black neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. You know, like all of these rich white people want uh, the big fans. Well, they don't. They, uh, sorry, what do you call them? The, the, the turbines. Like the turbines. Yeah, turbines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wind power. They want wind power. They, they want want peace. It. They, they want just peace. don't want it in their view. <laughs> no, right. So exactly. we stick it in poor neighborhoods' views. Right. Um, you know, and those things slaughter birds. So there's a lot of problems there. Um, you know, and it's so you've got to learn to be aware of the issues. And a lot of Christians just aren't aware of what sin is. And they just don't read their Bibles. They don't know. They don't care. I read my Bible every single day. I've read it many times. I don't know how many times I've read my Bible. Right. Yeah. I keep reading it. Um, and there are things that I'm still learning. Yes, mm. amen, amen. Every day. So what I would say is ignorance is, is, is not going to pass on Judgment Day. You, you, just, you, don't just, don't, you don't get to say, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So uh, you've got to make, and that's why Sabbath, worship and rest, is one of the Ten Commandments. I've got to devote one day of my week to the Lord, um, and, and to and, and to rest, and and this is why you'll be a better parent. Mm -hmm. Your Amen. family's going to have better time. Amen. I mean, one of the reasons why Jewish people are so stinking smart is they turn off the TV, they sit around the table, and they discuss anything you want. Yeah. Cardi B, you can talk about <laughs> right, it, right? right. There's nothing off right. limits. Right. There's nothing <laughs> off limits in a Jewish home on the Sabbath table. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Sex, politics, whatever. Yeah. And historically, Jewish people have been one of the most literate people of all time, no matter where they lived, mm. when they lost everything. They've been literate, they've been intelligent, they've done very, very well, regardless of the country that they're in. They stop, they turn off media, they turn off things, they devote a night to family and to discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's just it does really, yeah. really well. Yeah. You yeah. also said in your message, you know, the enemy is not afraid of us, but he's afraid of who lives in us. Yeah, amen. And so the whole spiritual attack thing, mm. I think, that's what we need to remember because yes. the verse that you greater is he that is in you than yes. he that is in Amen. the world. Amen. And so sometimes we don't know if it's a spiritual attack or if it, this is just, you know, what, what happens in life, but remembering that it's not us that he's afraid of, but he's mm -hmm. afraid of who lives in us. Mm -hmm. So how connected are we <laughs> in our relationship with God? Yeah. How, how yeah. quickly do we bring him into yes. situations? Mm -hmm. Do we acknowledge his presence? Mm -hmm. Do we ask for his protection? Do we ask for his will before we move into all of these other things? So much of it I feel like is we're just flying through life doing our thing. Mm -hmm. And then when we remember, oh God, like it's <laughs> like this, oh, we kind of grab it. 
where it should be the other way around. Yeah, you know, right. it's we're following you. Yeah. What do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? What do you want us to say no to? And I think heightening our awareness and then our acknowledgement that we are not in control. The power is not ours. Right. Um, it's it belongs to the Lord. So we're we're just we're we're remembering that all the time, and we're and we're quick to acknowledge the fact that. There's nothing in enough in us by ourselves that makes right. other people afraid or right. makes the enemy afraid. Right. Right. But the, but Jesus, it says, the demons tremble. Yeah. You know, Amen. so That's we right. need, we need to. So our connection to Him needs to be strong mm. because this this world's going to throw a lot of things our way. Yeah, and so you know, Jesus says that you will you know serpents you will trample serpents and scorpions. When I told the Tammy story, but a couple of years ago there was a family in our church. You know, they felt like their house was haunted. They were ready to move. Like they you know furniture moving around, all kinds of things happening. And so nobody would go to their house to pray over their house. I'm like, I'll go. Right. And, you know, my assistant was terrified <laughs> and she went with me and she's like, you're not afraid at all. And it's because no, because greater is he. Yeah. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm afraid of giving the devil permission to mm. operate in my life and there my family. Go. That's what I'm afraid of. Mm. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm afraid of me mm. because I know mm. that there's a part of Matt Brown that wants to be deceived. Right. I see that the fruit is good. Mm-hmm. I see that it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like, you know, like I love my wife, but there are other beautiful women. I see that the fruit is good. Mm-hmm. Like I, lo- I see the fruit. I look mm-hmm. at it and the devil's saying the Lord just does just doesn't want you to. Well, he doesn't want you to know how good that is. Yeah. Right. So the devil whispers in my ears. And so I have to know. Wow. Yeah, wow. What the de- what I need to be afraid of is being deceived. That's good. And, and that's where a lot of Christians are. You know, I can have sex with whom I want. God doesn't care about gender. God doesn't think about gender, homosexuality um, and sex. It's all in the first chapter in the Bible. That's right. The very first chapter in the Bible, God deals with gender, God deals with sex, God deals with family. It's uh, mm-hmm. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. <laughs> Male and female, he created them, right. right? So God says, and then he says, be fruitful and multiply. multiply. He says, have sex. Right. Yeah. Do it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. With each other, within the context of yeah. a marriage mm-hmm. unit, marriage unit. Yeah. to produce children and family. And, um, and God knows that when we have sex with whomever we want, this is why I'm not a leftist anymore. So much of what you're hearing about... Um, uh, leftist ideas really come from a guy named Plato, and we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks, and he wrote The Republic. And so what Plato believed is we should have sex with whomever we want, whenever we want, and we decide whether you're a warrior, whether you're a politician, or whether you're like a doctor, scientist, philosopher. And so everybody gets divided into those categories, and we tell people where they go, and we all raise children collectively. Hmm. So my first question to that is, so what happens to the ugly kids? Hmm. What happens to the kids with special needs? Well, I can tell you. You know who loves the ugly kids? You know who loves the special needs kids? Mom and dad. Right, yeah. Mom and dad. And, and so the first thing that happens, and so this is why it, right now, you know, Bernie Sanders talks about Sweden, Switzerland, Finland, these places. They're talking about the fact that they need to mandate abortions for kids with special needs. Mm-hmm. And do you know why? When everybody pays to support that special Man, needs child, wow. everybody has a say. Mm-hmm. And so we're rushing to socialized medicine, and we're not, we're not, we're not talking about the evils of socialized medicine. Wow. So one of the things that came out when Obama was talking about, uh, you know, Obamacare was death panels. Death panels. Like, you have people deciding whether or not you can have treatment. That happens in England today. Wow. In England today, a judge will decide whether or not your kid can have treatments. And so sometimes people in England want to take their child to America for an experimental treatment. And the state, England, decides whether or not you can take your child to America for this experimental treatment. Jeez. Right. So see what I'm saying? So there's there's evils in there. There's evil in collectivism. And so it's why our founding fathers abhorred 
It's the centralization of power and collective thought. They were afraid of two things. One was democracy, so mob rule, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the other was the centralization of power. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we should all be afraid of that. One of my favorite sayings is democracy is two wolves and one sheep voting what's for dinner. <laughs> it wow. doesn't work out well. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work out well. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, look at how we treated the American Indians. Wow. Yeah. It, it never... Yes, yes. And so here's the thing, you know, like if anyone wants to study history, the first thing that you should mistrust is politicians. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's the first thing. And right. if you don't believe me, ask Indians. All of the treaties, all of the deals that they signed, everything that happened to them, you know, they, they got they got hosed by politicians, not by the American people. Mm-hmm. Sure, right, politicians. Because the American people were dying at 28, Half their children were dying, and they were starving. Politicians are the ones that did these horrific mm. things to Indians because they were a problem. Yeah. It's terrible. Yep. Um, and so we, we have to look at this, and we have to say, okay, uh, I need to make sure that I know what's right and wrong. Yeah. And even if you're a Democrat, you have to write you know, your Democratic congressman and said, I am pro-life, and that matters to me. Mm-hmm. That matters to me. And that's why I believe you see Democratic nuns at a Trump rally, because mm-hmm. historically Catholic, I mean, JFK Catholic, yeah. is, is the Democratic poster child. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, totally. Um, and he did a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. He's the first president that said, this racism stuff's gonna end. Yes. I mean, so, so uh, you know, um, mm. he had a lot of great qualities, you know, and apparently some, some not so good qualities, right. you know, turn the White House into sure. a brothel. But right. you know, I mean, and that's the thing is, nobody's perfect. No. Nobody's perfect, right. and so. You said in your message, you said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, Last time I looked, Joe Biden is flesh and blood. So good. Yeah. Donald Trump is flesh and so blood. So good. My, like right then and there, yep. you could have just prayed. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, right. yeah, you said a lot of more, a lot more good stuff. But what a good reminder for us all right. that these two men are fallen human beings yes. <laughs> who need a savior, mm-hmm. who are not going to solve the problem, mm-hmm. save the world, rescue us do all these other things that they say that they can do, that their supporters say the other one can't do, but we are not wrestling against them. Um, that was a really good reminder in a season where they have become the enemy of somebody. Yeah. Well, and I would also say this, that one of the problems with politics is self-righteousness. Like I remember when Hillary Clinton was running and I had a woman in our church that just was just so mad at me that I wouldn't support Hillary Clinton. And you know, because she represents woman, women and Donald Trump is this terrible womanizing, you know, sex addict, you know, I was going to say a bad word, bad person, <laughs> caught myself. The, the greatest moment in that election was when Donald Trump did the press conference with every single one of Bill Clinton's accusers. Mm. Do you remember oh, that? He had yes. nine, nine of them. Mm-hmm. And he stood there together. And here's the thing, you know, they're all bad. Yes. Like they're like, and so so we have to get over that. We have to deal with policy, yeah. and and I hate to say it's the the lesser of two evils because it's not always that, but it's it's who's the least fallen individual, and then even more than that, it's you know what idiot best represents your morals <laughs> and sure. your your what you believe is the best for the <laughs> country. I mean that that's really what it is, and, no, right. and 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 I, I say this, but we des- we deserve what we get. Mm. Um, you know, mm. people ask wow. me, well, Pastor Matt, why don't, why don't you run for politics? Why on earth would I want to do that to my family? <laughs> sure. Like you and I were joking about it. Do I want, like right. I said that somebody, <laughs> somebody I who did. thinks I did something in high school, like, sure. do I want to be right. Judge Kavanaugh? Be, right. I, do I want a, a, a party that I don't even remember? Yeah. Do I want my kids to hear about no. like what dad did or what they said? Like, like that terrifies me yeah, sure. because, you know, I mean. Like if you if you, if you hate Donald Trump, you need to look at what they did to Mitt Romney. Hmm. 
I know. Like they went back. Mitt Romney is an Eagle Scout right, poster boy. Say, yeah. They went back and Seriously. made fun of that guy because he forced somebody to have a haircut. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. He has he has Seriously. binders of women. Yeah. Like th- that was the most. I had one of uh, one of my big time liberal friends like put Mitt Romney down because he has binders of women. He was talking about how he does research to hire executives the, who are women mm-hmm. who are in his company. And he said, I have binders of women. Well, they made that sexual. And right, it's now it's now it's this ha 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 moment, gotcha yeah. moment. Right. And so now we think, you know, Mitt Romney's this womanizing, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, sex crime person, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, my gosh. I know. Uh, the same thing happened to McCain, who was a very, very, I think, wonderful yes. person. It's one of yes. the things I don't like about Donald Trump is, is how he went after my McCain. Man, it's, yeah. it's unconscionable. It's, yeah. it's terrible yeah. what, what Donald Trump sure. did to John McCain. Um, but this is how you this is how you end up with Trump. This is how you end up with Clinton. Mm-hmm. This is how you end up with a, with a lifelong and there are You're deep right. problems with Joe Biden. Sure. There are yep. huge issues yep. of corruption. Yep. So this this is what happens. Um, you know, I mean, look look at our political look at our politics right now. Where did Donald Trump, Barack Obama, and um, I mean Joe Biden kind of, but really Kamala Harris? What cities do these individuals come from? New York, Chicago, San Francisco. Yeah. Metropolis cities, yeah. The only thing that's made it to the top is the biggest rats. That's <laughs> the problem. You, brother. Come that's on. the problem. I mean, Come you know, so now, Kamala Pastor. Harris, Nancy Pelosi, right. Gavin Newsom, San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco. corrupt, yep. dirty, awful. You know, what, what's going on here? And, Interesting. You know, and, and then, you know, and so we, we've got to deal with this problem. And it's because, like, Tammy and I were watching the news this morning and just the ads. I don't know. Who, it's somebody in Orange County going after each other. And so it's her campaign no. about how he's terrible and awful and evil. Then it's his campaign. And it's like neither of them are talking about what they're for. Right. right. Which is why I ended shout, shout, shout for God yes. rather than against things. Yeah. And it just, I'm just like. Now I just hate both of you. Right, right. I, I have no idea <laughs> right. who to vote for or what or what you're man. for, and it's just evil, man. Yeah, it is. It is evil. It so, is evil. It, so, and, and that's on us. You know. Right. That's, well, we get swept picks. up in it, and you know, Christians have to be the ones standing out and saying that's wrong. Yeah. It's wrong to take that approach. Mm-hmm. Um, we just we get we get swept up in it. We we, we really do. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and nothing's going to change until you're a Democrat. And, you know, and, and if you're happy with what's going on in California, I, I need to talk to you. Like, I don't understand. California should be the wealthiest. We should be the wealthiest state. There should be no poverty. Like, we should, we should all be basking in money. Melody should be sleeping in sheets full of cash. <laughs> because that's how... From th- your mouth. That is, right, how, exactly. you guys, that is how blessed Amen. California right. is with resources. Amen. And right. yet, and yet... We can't make it work here. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. who's in charge? It's not Republicans here. Right. It's not. Right. We, we are being led by, like, you guys, we, we, have, we have so many resources here. And if that's, we can't make it work true. here, it can't work anywhere. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in Texas, who's like the Dust Bowl, like if you've been to Texas, <laughs> yes. they're rolling in cash. I'm like, what, what is going on? Yeah. So we have to hold our people accountable. You know, Gavin Newsom, what's he spending his time on? Who, who we get to spend with Christmas? That's his deep right. concern. Mm. You know, um, I just like it's mind boggling to me. And so, you know, we need in California, we need Democrats to wake up and begin to challenge their candidates. Um, You know, it's why I'm such a big supporter of Tulsi Gabbard, because I think she's a no nonsense Democrat. I think she's straight up. Um, I may not agree with her on some issues, but I think she is a good person trying to make a difference. And, and that's who we need. Mm -hmm. And we don't need, we don't need San Francisco telling California how to live. 
Like go go to Cal go to San Francisco. Have you guys been? I have been. It is horrific. It's horrific. They pay people one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year to scoop human defecation off the street. Wow. That's San Francisco. Well, guess what? Now that's Riverside. Yep. Now it's San Bernardino. Yep. Now it's L.A. Because those guys have no solutions. Mm. Yep. You know, like I'm, I get it. Compassion, compassion, compassion. Now make a freaking difference. Right, yep. Make a freaking difference. I get it. You're compassionate. You're right. also an idiot. Right. Make a difference. <laughs> it is. It's ridiculous to me. We're not helping these people mm. who are drug addicted and mentally ill. We are not helping no, them. No, no, no. You know, if I was governor, I could solve it in six months. Six months. Call out the National Guard. Build 10 cities until we can, you know, really do something. Create two opportunity zones, San Bernardino and Stockton. Those are the two worst mm -hmm. economic zones in Northern California, Sacramento, and begin to help people. Mm. And, um, and stop with this regulation. That's why housing is so freaking yeah. expensive. Yep. You know, they never talk about, like, who's made it so expensive? Yeah. You guys. You know, Joe Rogan's super liberal. He's leaving. Yeah. He's leaving. Wow. Sorry, I just went on my no, my little good, my little good. rant. And he is yeah. not running for governor, just no, so right. everyone just knows. So I just know. want to help Listen, you our prob our I problems still, could be solved would. literally in six months. Yeah. Six months. Uh, it, it's 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 not it's not hard. Uh, it, it's very very simple. You know, we need competition and um, ingenuity and education. Mm -hmm. It's not happening. Yeah. It's not happening. Yep. Yeah. We, we, you, you've got to create competition. You got to create multiple things, man. I mean, America or excuse me, California should be the leader in everything. Mm-hmm. So. It's like the but Garden of Eden here. That's right. I know because I, know. I lived other places. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to get uh, into some more relational questions. In your sermon, you called a lot of us out. Thank you very much, Pastor Matt, for being willing to speak up for a political candidate than for Jesus. Yeah. Minnie wants to know how to help her steer conversations better. Here's her question. How do I go about navigating conversations with people who are passionate about politics Imagine that. Uh, how can I bring Jesus? Right? Yeah. How can <laughs> yeah. I bring Jesus into the conversation? Is that even possible? Yeah, I, I would say this. I think the church, the church has completely given up hope on the gospel. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. So, wow. Uh, wow. my birthday was the worst, the worst birthday I've ever had. Forty nine is my worst birthday. So June second was blackout Tuesday. So you got to put black. So if you support Black Lives Matter, I was, I was so depressed. I was so sad. I was heartbroken over what happened to George Floyd. Mm -hmm. I, I literally was like, like, this is so bad. It was so bad. So, so I was, I was equally saddened about what happened to George Floyd. Right. And, sure. uh, um, is it Ahmaud Arbery? I need Ahmaud, to yeah. remember his Ahmaud name. Arbery. That's yep. terrible, terrible mm -hmm. that I don't remember his name. Sorry. George Floyd is easier to remember yes. for me than Ahmaud Arbery. Right. But, but what happened to both those two young men was yeah. atrocious, but mm -hmm. so were the riots. Yes, so was the sure. hatred, uh, the vitriol, um, mm -hmm. you know, marching, calling co cops pigs in a blanket. Like, yeah. that's disgusting. Yeah, sure. And yes. I was so depressed, and I heard Jesus say, like, what, what do you shout at darkness? Mm. You shout the gospel. Wow. You shout now. the gospel, Come right? On. And so that's what I was convicted. And wow. the thing is, I think the reason that churches and Christians are hyper-politicized is we don't share the gospel. We don't, we don't live Jesus. We don't talk about Jesus. And I want you to think specifically about the crucifixion. So Jesus is in a trial, right? And Pilate wants to set him free. And right-wing religious Jews shout, mm -hmm. we have no king but Caesar. Wow. They got hyper-politicized, and they killed the Son of God. Mm. 
So that's what's happening in our churches when we become hyper-politicized, oh, is we're killing not only the Son of God, we're kill killing the work of God, and we're killing the work of the Spirit in our church. Yep. And we can't do that. That doesn't mean I can't have political opinions. Sure. It just means I will not turn sandals into a Trump rally. I will not do it. Um, because I may agree with many of the policies of Trump. I do not agree with the personality of Trump. I think that some of the things that he does is atrocious. Literally, he repays evil for evil. He yeah. does it all the time. Mm -hmm. It is disgusting. It's disgusting. And, um, you know, uh, but, you know, I'd rather have Trump as our governor than Governor Newsom mm -hmm. because Governor Newsom does things that are atrocious. He, like I said, he cusses you out in French. You have to look it up. Like, what, <laughs> what, what did he just say? That um, didn't feel nice. No. Right. <laughs> Something about that is wrong. You know, <laughs> you know and, and that's the thing is, you know, right, I... I it's just a thing. We have to stand up for life. We have yep. to stand up for religious freedom. It's why you're seeing conservative Orthodox Jews who, for my whole life, have been Democrats, mm -hmm. marching in the streets of Manhattan with Trump flags. Wow. And here's the thing. If you're a Democrat, you have to understand that your side does not value gathering for worship. It does not. The jury is out. So you can't say that racism is a bigger public health crisis then thousands of people gathering together. And if you look at the spikes, mm. Mm. when did the spikes happen? After all these, all these riots in the state of California, mm. that we had this huge spike post-riots. And it makes sense, right? If I'm screaming sure. in your face, right. when sure. I scream at you, like I'm a spitter, dude. Right, right, right. Like it's coming right, out. Right. Everybody's Stop. together. Screaming, no screaming. Right. So, so, so we can do that, yeah, right. but we can't meet at church. Right. Yeah. Like, like it cracks me up. Did anybody see the line at Trader Joe's? Like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just dying laughing. Has anybody been to Home Depot? Can I get an amen? Flying in an airplane. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, it, right? It's, uh, I lost mm -hmm. my mind over I had a person it. tell me, oh, no. Literally, I had a person look me in the face. No, no, the virus can't transmit in an, in an airplane because the air's being circulated. Mm -mm. I'm like, sister, that I, the sickest mm -mm. I get is after, is after I've been on airplanes. An airplane. Airplanes, yes, dude. Exactly. Like, you literally just take a bath in a septic tank. That's right. what an airplane is. <laughs> I had a friend of mine, no joke, on an airplane, Flying to Israel, a guy, or I, I can't remember where he was going, a guy sneezed and a loogie hit his neck okay. and he got, uh, <laughs> what's the skin eating virus? Oh, scabies or? No, 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 no not scabies. scabies. No, it's called flesh eating bacteria. He got flesh, flesh eating, eating bacteria what? on his neck and come on his on. face. Oh, come He got on a cruise ship and he had to be quarantined because he had flesh eating bacteria because the dude behind him sneezed and it landed on his neck. Oh, gosh. Thank you. So don't get me started, right? Like, we are not that close in proximity no, as a right, church. Right. Here's the other thing. I've seen all these people. I, I, I watch your Instagram post. You marched. You won't come to church. I haven't seen you at church. Yeah. Uh-oh. See, 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 see. Like, I, I haven't seen you at church. And the truth is, what you, what you, want, is, you, what you want is the praise of men. You want people to yeah, think you're woke. On, man. And you're on, taking man. your little selfie, you know, because you're marching, because black lives matter. But Jesus' life doesn't matter for mm. you. And it drives Man. me crazy. Yeah. And so sure. that's the thing is, look, sure. I'm all for you marching, but sure. you better show up for church. Sure. You right. better be at church. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm all for you going to a Trump rally. You sure. better be at church. Sure. You And... Man, man, that's so good. And, and some of these people, they don't want to go to church. They just want me to scream at Governor Newsom. Yes, that's right. Right. That's all. Yeah. And that's why, I, you know, last week I, I was on, did you see me on the news? Yes. Yeah, I was on the news um, because I only met with this woman from Fox, God bless her soul, because she's fair. Mm -hmm. It and was. And she didn't pit me she against the governor. <laughs> governor. I just merely said, look, this is confusing. This is ridiculous. And um, it was you know, very fair. I, I, I was nervous. Yeah. But I'm always nervous. But right. I'm the, the way that they're going to splice it, cut up what you say, I thought it was just a really fair representation yes. of your point of view. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, I, and I appreciated it. Yeah. So. That's good. 
Yeah, and so you know, I, I just think, what was the question? Oh, I forgot the question. Uh, it was, uh, how do I go about navigating conversation with people who are passionate about politics? Yeah, I would I say choose your issues very carefully and know why what you know why you yeah. believe what you believe. And so we're going to get into this in a couple weeks in how you have you been seized. But I'm going to go to this. So the first part of that verse in Corinthians is do not use weapons of men. So we talked about using godly weapons. Yeah, the second so part we're going to talk about is take every thought captive to Christ. Yes, now, when you yes, and yes. I are kids, that was like sexual sins. Oh, yeah. That's not what he's talking about at all. He's talking about philosophy. So we need to know why the environmental movement is dangerous because mm -hmm. the, the environmental movement is contrary to what we believe is God. Now, we believe that we should be stewards of the environment mm -hmm. because that's what God told Adam yes, and Eve to do. Right. So we need to care for the environment. But right. these people are fanatical. I think these people are literally just the apocalyptic, like doomsday, like, you know, that's why they dress up like death. Yeah. The church has such an opportunity yeah. to dress up like life, right, right. Mm. new life, real life, right, and yeah. to be contrary to this movement. And all of our kids are going and getting mind raped by these professors yeah. who are not giving them facts, yeah. who are not giving them real information, who are inten intentionally misleading children as about what's happening. Um, and it's disgusting. And yeah. we've not equipped kids to think. Right. Right. Um, yeah. You That's know, true. Mother Earth is not your friend. And if you don't believe me, go camp outside. <laughs> go camp outside. Like, you will be uh, killed. Don't worry. I, ain't doing I will not it. be camping. Yeah. I ain't the, doing it. Right. Yeah. No, Melanie and I we we have no idea how blessed we are. Yeah. And, um, you know, literally the movement to cities has been better. We mm. take up less land. We destroy, you know, less of the mm. environment. Mm. And technology is our friend. And there's a lot of things that the environmental movement um, you know, free range, that destroys the environment. It doesn't help. So we're, we'll get into that when we get into, but you've got to know your issues. So I would stick with, um, right now, the two issues I think that you should be comfortable talking about, Christian, is your First Amendment right to meet and gather. I think that's Amen. huge. Amen. Yep. You have a right to meet together. It's guaranteed under the Constitution of the United States, and you have a right to do that. The second issue is I would encourage you to talk about the reasons for pro-life. And I would talk about when motherhood begins rather than when life begins. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, right, because right. we're not scientists, okay, uh, and we're not God. So most Christians believe that life begins at conception. I, I think that that's a losing argument with non-believers. Mm -hmm. right. The argument we need to speak to with believers is when does motherhood begin? And we know that a woman's body changes biologically when yes. the, when the, yes. when the yes. sperm... I mean, that's just... Uh, what, what do you call it? Impregnates the egg? Uh, embryo. That whole yeah, thing. When, it, when it goes in the Fertilize, egg. Whatever, fertilize, fertilize the egg. The egg yeah. So we know that the right. body begins to instantaneously respond because, and we know this because you can get a pregnancy test within hours because hours. there's a chemical change that occurs in your body that, that they can prove, you know, by peeing on that stick. Yes. So that's when motherhood begins. And we need to train women. And this is the other part of the thing is, like, it's, it's why I'm not egalitarian, don't panic, because we're not the same. I don't, I don't, I, sure. I think that we complement one another and I think that we are different. Mm -hmm. And so we need to raise women to want to be, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And we need yeah. to raise Amen. men to want to be fathers. Yeah, right. Nothing Amen. changes a man's life more than really? loving a woman, that's right. having sex with her, marrying her, right? Hopefully you marry her first, first. and then right. seeing yourself as the protector yes. and provider for the family yes. and the baby that's. That, that comes as a result of yeah. that. Nothing changed me more. Two things changed me. Marriage didn't change me. Jesus and becoming a father mm. changed me. Yeah. Mm. When I held Madison, mm. my life was never the same. Man. Mm. Man, brother. In that moment, yep. 
God told me you're a moron. <laughs> my wife already knew it. My wife already knew it. Ain't that the She's truth. like, I've been saying But I realized, so and not everybody has that. That's why culturally we need to teach people that, that there's nothing yes. more powerful than being a mother or father. I'm telling mm -hmm. you. I'm telling there's you. There's nothing more powerful. And for women, oftentimes, not everybody gets to live Melody's reality. Why? Melody's gifted. Yeah. Mm. Not, ev not every woman is as gifted as you. Sorry. Yeah, it's true. Not every woman is as smart as you. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Like, you and I know, right? Mm -hmm. You know. Melody was an athlete. She's also short. Right. Okay. That's okay, though. Right. Point right. guards are needed. Right. Okay. Did you go to the right. WNBA? Right. No. I did not. Okay. Right. Five three right. so, has its challenge. So there was, there was a ceiling. There's a ceiling for all yes. of us based upon our natural gifts Absolutely. and abilities. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we need to quit telling women that they can do it all. You can go as far as your abilities and your giftedness and your situation. Yes. You know, um, if Melody got pregnant prior to marriage, that's going to limit her, her capacity sure. because it, it creates, it's, it's harder to be a single parent. Sure. Yep. Yep. Barack Obama yep. said that the best way out of poverty is to wait until you're 21 to get married, mm -hmm. graduate high school, mm -hmm. and have children in the context yep. of marriage. Yep. That's Barack yep. Obama. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. He spent, Amen. I don't know how many millions Amen. of dollars I know. figuring out the Bible was true. Right, mm -hmm. right, yeah. So, yeah. so that's, you know, so back to the Ten Commandments. The first five are about God. The second five are about family. Each other, yeah, family, relationship. Family, yeah. honor your mother and father. Because you're not, that's hard to do. Yeah. You got to honor them. You've got, you've, adultery is about security for the family. Mm -hmm. Security, because if I create a child with someone so other than Tammy, now my, my loyalties are divided and yep. it creates hostility between the children, you know, with Tammy and then my other child that I have to love and raise. Also in Genesis, Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, oh, it's yeah. like the whole thing. Yeah. And I, I would go back to the question, the whole politics, how do I know I know, what to I bring did not up? answer it. Well, no, you totally it back. did. No, you, no, you now did. you're showing off. No, you're. no, listen, but this is a, I, here's the question I would ask. Sure. What kind of conversation do you want to have with that person on November 4th? Right. Yeah. On yeah, November yeah, yeah. 5th or right. whenever right. we know after, who won. After. If you, if you, if you can't imagine having a conversation with them after it's been decided, yeah. after the election is over, right. if you've burned that bridge, right. you've, lost you've lost an opportunity to share the Good news. Amen. It's Amen. The good news. Amen. We're going to wake up on the day after the election, and some of us are going to feel like whatever the result is, it's bad news. It's not correct. It's bad news. But we are the holders and the messengers mm -hmm. and the ambassadors of the mm -hmm. good news. Yeah. And we don't want to lose our opportunities to yeah. share that with people. I, I have a connection with a woman right now. Doesn't go here. I think she's a believer. I'm not sure we talk about spiritual things. Her life is so broken. Mm. She doesn't care about who's president. Yeah. She texts me right before we came yeah. in. Or she's going into court fighting for custody of her oh, grandchildren. Man, man, man. Her life is a mess. Whether who, whoever's in the White House right. doesn't change her brokenness. Right, right. If Definitely. I am yep. known for, if yep. what she sees on my social media is pro this, anti this, and it's so disconnected from her life, I am sacrificing my opportunity to meet her in her brokenness and give her the yeah, good absolutely. news that will affect her life well past the next four years. Yeah, so That's good. how Christians have to think. So good, so good, so good. Yeah, and we have good. to be united. So prior to George Floyd, uh, for the first time in my life, so I was leading that conference uh, in uh, um, Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah. And for the first time in my life, I got bishops from L.A., yeah. from Berkeley, from San Diego, black bishops. That's right. Coming to a meeting I've called mm. because they understood they we collectively were being moment. persecuted against by the state and yes. we were not being allowed to meet. Yes. Yes. And of course, what does the devil do? Yep. George Floyd. And I truly believe on, uh, that there was evil the in the eyes of Absolutely. that police officer yep. and the devil used him to divide the church yep. once again. I believe that. And, and it, was, it was just I destructive do. and it was terrible. And, um, 
you know, um, it's just so, so sad. And, and we were coming together yeah. and, you know, it, it just it, it breaks my heart that that happened. But we have to come together on the issue of the right to meet together and worship. And, and, and if and if you're listening to this, and I, I'm amazed that people listen to me that hate me, but I'm finding that more and more people do. <laughs> Here's the thing that you need to know, that even atheists, if you have a reasonable atheist, even atheists who are reasonable have to know that church going makes you kinder to people, mm-hmm. more generous, and a better citizen. Mm-hmm. The, the, the word is out. Yes. Okay, I can yes. tell you, environmentalism does not do the same right. thing. Right. right. It does not do the same thing. Right. Look at Antifa. Yeah. That is a religious organization, religious zeal, and they don't care. So the Bible's the Christian. Here's why you want your friends to be Christian, because Paul says, do not repay evil with evil. Yeah. Antifa does not have that same philosophy. No. So they're going to intentionally provoke a police officer yes. into action so that then they can get it on the news to perpetuate their narrative. Yep. This is happening over and over again. I almost posted, I got, I lost my mind. So there was a protest in San Francisco against Google and Facebook mm. and a black conservative, okay. I'll show you the picture, did I show it to you? No. Was marching with these guys, he got punched in the face by a white Antifa, knocked no. all of his no. teeth out. Oh, I saw that. Did you see it? Yes. What? And I'm like, I thought black lives mattered. Oh like knock knock this brother's teeth out. Like I mean out. No out. It's horrible, and it didn't make the news at all. Unprovoked, unpro- like sucker punched, totally from the side, hits this guy in the mouth, and all he was saying is that he believed oh God. that big tech had censored the Joe Biden story, and 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 he wanted to march against that for the First Amendment, mm-hmm. free speech. And that's something that the left and right should agree on, that we need free right. speech. Like, it's all got to be free or nothing's free. And you look at this young man's picture, and Man, it's Lord just horrific. Oh, oh, and it's a white dude that did it. But, be, you know, and that's the thing that's just, like, I'll show you the picture afterwards. It is just, like, you're just like, oh, my gosh, what my happened? Word. My word. Um, and... You know, somebody expressing their mind and their political point of view, and that's dangerous. And so that's why we, yeah. what I, what I would always look for as a Christian is common ground. Where can we agree on mm-hmm. and move from there? Um, you know, like when I was a San Francisco 49er fan before I gave up sports because I think it's life is so much better than when you, you stop caring, you enjoy it more. Right, right. Melody is still a part of the cult. Right. That <laughs> I, I was going to say the Philadelphia Eagles. I yeah. am very. You're much a cult worshiper. No, yeah. I am yes. not anymore. I am not. Okay, we just have. I feel we like just she's have lying a, a really. Bit. This might be one of the issues. We just that we have a on. really godly quarterback Understand who that. I like supporting. Yes, at the end. Amen. That's yes. it. Amen. Well, you've had yes, two actually. That's right. But here's the thing. Melody and I love each other. We love Jesus. Yes, Amen. But had she been as passionate about the Eagles and I as passionate as I was about the Niners. It's going to create a rift and problems yes. for a relationship and right. problems working together. Something as silly as sports. Right. Yes. We have to look at politics at Come the on, same way. The same. And here's one of the things oh that gosh. I try to do with politics is I constantly try to create an open mind because by definition, politics are deceptive. It, I am entering into the realm of deception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm. Don't look over here. You know, look over here, right? Like, yeah. so I have to be very, very careful because I don't have all the information mm-hmm. oftentimes. And I'm not an expert on all of these issues. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be so careful with, with what I believe. And I have, to, I, I have to take a calculated, you know, Paul says, you know, always be gracious when the way you speak to outsiders, seasoning it with salt. Yes, so yes, I got to so be good. so careful yeah, there right. when I'm talking with people yeah, right. who don't care. And so, you know, I don't always talk about Jesus instantaneously. I talk about anxiety or stress, yeah. my own struggles. And then when I have the opportunity, right. 
I'm going to talk about Jesus, but I have to be very, very careful because I remember one time, you know, my, my, my cousin was going through a terrible divorce. You know, her life was a wreck, totally broken. And my, my aunt, my great aunt, who's in her seventies, just announces as my cousin's crying, Jesus will never give you more than you can handle. Oh, wow. no. Not helpful. Come on. Because, and not, and because not this, true. because, yeah, right. because this <laughs> divorce, right. this divorce is more than my, my cousin right. can handle. Right. Yes. Now yes. she's a single mom. Yes. Who's you know, going to have to send her, her son across. My, my, her ex-husband lives in Florida. She lives in California. This mm-hmm. is, that's a lot to handle. On, yeah, that is. That, you know, yeah. um, and, and what I would say is the world and sin gives us more than we can handle every single day. That's why we need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with yeah. you. I don't agree with my aunt. It's one of those right. dumb sayings that makes yeah. no sense yeah. theologically, but many of us say it because it makes us feel good. Life is more than we can handle. Yeah. yeah. You know, Jesus says, in this life you will have trouble. But behold, I have overcome the world. Yeah. Amen. So there's hope, Amen. even though, you know, sometimes we lose. Amen. Mm. So. Amen. Uh, Want to wrap up our conversation today uh, on the topic of worship. Um, you may just know a little bit something about that. And <laughs> I hope so. As you, <laughs> That would Matt, be bad. <laughs> um, which, uh, Pastor Matt, you went pretty hard on this weekend when it mm. comes to worship. And Melody, I know you have a lot to say about it. But here's Dave's question. Uh, a few weeks ago... And, and then again, this weekend, you said, and I'm paraphrasing, um, if you can't or aren't really worshiping, you don't think, you don't think we have an, I'm sorry, you don't think we have had an encounter with Jesus. Yes. I rarely lift my hands in worship and I've started to question my faith or if I truly surrendered. Mm. How can I know? Yeah. So I, what I, what I, what I didn't mean was. I'm not trying to equate your level of enthusiasm during singing with your level of enthusiasm for God. What I meant was uh, Joshua met Jesus and he fell on his face. Yeah. So has there been a moment in your life where you have run into Jesus like you. the apostle Peter and he said, depart from me, Lord, from a sinful man. So, there ne- so an awareness of God's holiness is simultaneously an awareness of your sinfulness. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Isaiah. Mm-hmm. I'm a sinful man amongst sinful people. Yeah. And God burns his lips with coals. Yes, that's right. Right? He sets his lips right. on fire with hot coals from, by the way, the throne of heaven. Yes. People think hell's hot. Heaven's hot. Heaven is hot. Come on, man. Um, and so um, there has to be a moment in your life where you have become I'm telling you. supernaturally aware of your depravity, mm-hmm. of your sinfulness, of your inability. So let me give you a verse. Our best deeds are filthy rags before the Lord. Mm. Not to be gross, but they're talking about tampons. Yes, they are. So disregarded rags of a woman's menstrual cycle. So think, think about that in, in the context of pre-industrialization. Mm. No baths, no. like no cleanliness. This thing is, is filthy. Our best day before the Lord is filthy rags. My word. So... You have to come to the place in your life. And this, this is why I think part of America's problem is self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. Like, people look at Donald Trump in disgust, and it's because they can't see themselves. themselves. They cannot see themselves. And so we feel like we're, we're, we're just righteous. I mean, think about this. The Pharisees were disgusted with Jesus, and it's because they couldn't see themselves. And I'm not comparing at all. Sure. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump to sure, Jesus. Sure, sure. I'm just saying, 
we are all deeply flawed yep. people. Yeah. And on my best days, I say hurtful things to my wife. Mm -hmm. I say, which is why I think holiness is the practice of silence, learning to hold my tongue, mm -hmm. let God work in the life of my wife. Um, I think some of my worst moments in our marriage were me bursting out in anger and yelling at my wife mm -hmm. um, because I thought that the way to change her was to scream at her. It's just not right. right. Mm -hmm. It's just not the right way to go. Um, and it's, it's my own sinfulness. And the reason that we shout is we've lost hope. And what it is right. is because we've looked at ourselves. Yeah. And so yeah. what I meant to say is I'm not, I, I, think we, I think we should, especially as men, and, and, and what was this guy's name? Dave. Dave, listen to me and Melody's talk. I think that things are more intimidating to men. Um, mm -hmm. Part of the reason I think men are more free at a sporting event is we're surrounded by men. So we feel we're group animals. We just we just are. Yeah. And so oftentimes in worship, you're sitting next to your wife, and there are different dynamics with a bunch of guys get together. And it's usually mm -hmm. more women at church than anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so right, know. and so we're right. very aware of of our surroundings, yeah. and and we don't want to be judged by other men. Nope. I mean, we're just right. we're just social animals. We're looking around. What does it mean to be men? And so we're trained as men that it's okay to be expressive at a sporting event. Hmm. We've all been trained that from well, not all. But many right. of us no, have been trained uh, that it's okay to express anger, sure. joy. Like right. men hug. Right. Like men embrace at a game. Right. Yeah. Like right. strangers <laughs> yep. clinging to each other, right. you know? Um, so and true. women sometimes. Yeah, and women. Yeah. So, um, like, right, we high-five total strangers because we're no. on the same yeah. team. Isn't that amazing? So we need to learn that there's got to be unity in that. Yes. But but there's also personality. Like, we're all different. Like, I remember I was at a football game with Melody and Adam Workman, and we were separated by... Uh-oh, here we go. I don't know. What would you <laughs> say? A lot of mile. people. A lot yeah, of people. There are thousands of people in between us. <laughs> well, I had binoculars. <laughs> I had binoculars, right. and I quit watching the game, and I just was watching Adam and Melody. Oh, watch it. They, they were the two most miserable people. No, we won. We were intense. It was intense. They, I kept did, saying... Dude, let me tell you something. She's yeah. lying right now. <laughs> right. She couldn't see <laughs> right. herself. Right. I looked at their faces. I, they were just... They were just yeah. literally had pruned faces. Like Man. they just... Like we, somebody just fed them <laughs> the strongest, most pug, pungent, rotten lemons. He was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like... I am intense. This yeah. game is intense. So, Which okay. we ended up winning. The, the Eagles, Eagles beat the Rams. Right. So here's, that's, so. here's what oh, I would okay. say. This is what I meant say. for our, our, our question asker. <laughs> right back to I that. didn't think it looked like joy to me. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. But it, but it was intensity for them. So what I would say is mm. when I get intense in worship, mm. I am typically not expressive. Okay. I am... I, I, I go inward. Mm. Okay. And I think that that's okay. I think that there needs to be room for your personality. But there is a time to shout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, if you can't shout on Easter morning, that's a problem. Jesus defeated death. Thank like, you. the touchdown for all time. Right. Um, Amen. Like, we are all going to face death. Yes. Like, this week I had to scoop up a dead animal in our backyard. Mm. Like, rotting maggots and the smell of death. It, so a lot of people don't realize, but smell creates memory. Mm. So yes. when you smell something terrible, you don't just smell it, but your brain creates a memory. And so I'm trying to exercise that memory out of my brain because yeah. it, it just it sticks with you. Yeah. Death is something that needs to be defeated. But we live in this culture where we, death is always a surprise mm. and a shock. And, and that's why we don't celebrate Easter. Mm. Easter, mm. Was, Easter was the biggest day in human history for thousands of years because everybody died. You know, your first wife died during pregnancy or childbirth. Half your kids died. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. uh, you know, nobody lived to 50, much less, 
you know, 70 or 80, you know, like I remember my grandfather's uh, retirement party, 55, six years older than me, mm. retired, done, never worked again, you know, like, so, so much of life has changed yeah. and, and death is just this thing that we pretend doesn't exist. And that's why we don't celebrate the resurrection because Jesus defeated death. So we have to celebrate that yeah. Jesus forgave sin. Amen. One of the problems in our culture is we don't know how to forgive. Come on, brother. Like, we don't know how to forgive. Yeah. Come on. Um, so the Democrats didn't forgive Bill Clinton, whether it was right or wrong, when he lied about, you know, the young woman he had sex with in the Oval Office. And I remember Republicans not forgiving. Mm -hmm. Well, now liberals can't forgive Trump when he said what he said about grabbing a woman, uh, you know, by her genitalia. Mm -hmm. When he asked, you know, and he said, and I never say I'm sorry. I was, I'm sorry and I was wrong. Mm -hmm. But there was... There's no grace in our culture anymore. Yeah. No grace. It's just so bizarre. Yeah, so on the one hand, right, there's a movement to let people out of prison because everybody deserves a second chance, and then nobody gets a second chance. It just depends on what crime you commit. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, like you can never get over saying the wrong thing racially or sexually. Right. Like there's no grace for words, but we need grace for actions for people who actually did things in prison. I'm like, yeah. it's, it's just a weird, weird mm. time. Mm. So we need to learn to celebrate the grace and forgiveness we all need yeah. mm -hmm. Amen. at the right. foot of the cross. That's right. Amen. Islam does not does not offer grace and forgiveness. No. Buddhism does not. No. Buddhism says run from your passions. Mm -hmm. Nirvana, right? Mm -hmm. Nirvana is no sense, no feelings, no love, no pain. So the Beatles song, imagine, listen to that song. It's it's depressing. Oh, yeah. Imagine there's no heaven. Depressing. <laughs> right, yeah, right. And so, and that's kind of the spiritual, like, that's the spiritual movement of, of the hippies, right? And it's like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Because what they wrongly believe is religion is the reason for all our pain and suffering. Well, I got three words for you, Stalin, Hitler, and Mao. Mm. Three atheists who did far more harm than all Christians in 2,000 years. They killed more people in 100 years than Christians did in 1900. Mm. And I would argue it wasn't Christianity that was doing that. It no, was politicians yeah. using Christianity. Yeah, there you go. Who I did was it? Say, please yeah. say that. Yeah, yes. That's good. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you know, oftentimes good. people reject Christianity, but what they needed to reject was politicians of that day and age. Mm -hmm. You know, which is why, you know, our Constitution doesn't have the separation of church and state. It says that the United States will not establish a national religion, and the reason for that was they saw as they looked at Europe that's that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Environmentalism is. Guess what their Green New Deal is? It is the marriage of religious environmental fan uh, fanaticism with government. Mm. Yeah. And guess what? Guess what expensive electricity is going to do to poor people? Mm -hmm. Guess what expensive electricity is going to do to manufacturing for unskilled, uncollege educated workers who happen to be disproportionately black and brown? Mm. It's going to make it harder sure. for them to get jobs. Mm. Wow. It's the stupidest thing ever. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we have these people like AOC who I'm, I'm saying, I want to believe that she wants to represent unrepresented people of minorities, but the green new deal is going to destroy that. Mm -hmm. It's going to destroy, you know, people at the bottom are always affected the most yeah. by economics. Mm -hmm. So think about in India, they've shut it down because of COVID because a hundred thousand people have died in India, or I, I don't know what the numbers are. It's, it's more than that. India, I think, is, is pretty high up. But it's, it's an incredibly low percentage. How many people in India have died of starvation mm. because they can't go to work? Mm. How many people? And you won't get that news. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about that because we need, to we need to approach, you know, it's why I disagree with Joe Biden, who says, let the scientists make the decision. No. Scientists need to give their opinion, and then a politician has to make the decision. Mm. 
pulling into, you know, and, and Donald Trump gets ridiculed for this, but suicide rates are out of control. Alcoholism, alcoholism is out of control. Sex trafficking is out of, out of control, control right yeah. now. Slavery in America is yeah, out of right. control. They just that's caught, right. like, what, 140 slaves in Ohio today? Mm-hmm. Mm. Today. Yeah. Today. And you can't yeah. be against slavery in America, you know, in the first 100 years and be, be, and be you know, silent on it today. Right. Say it, Pastor Matt. Right? right. So these issues are happening yeah. right now today. Yeah. And, and we need to deal with these issues collectively from multiple perspectives. And so, um, you know, that's why while I am passionately pro-life. I understand that women uh, get the short end of the stick when it comes to sexual intimacy in terms of the long-term mm-hmm. uh, pressures of pregnancy. Pressure. Mm. Men get to run away. Women do not yeah. because the baby grows inside of the woman. So I have to understand that. And I can't, you know, I, you know, right. Well, you had a choice, you know, uh, and it's like, okay, look, all of us are at our dumbest when we're aroused. Yeah. You know, I had this conversation with one of my kids. She said, Dad, I don't feel like you trust me. I said, I trust you. I don't trust your passions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, Vivi Diaz, I'm going to give her credit for this. And then from now on, it's just my idea. I'm not going to, I'm <laughs> not going right. to. That's right. Vivi Diaz says that sex, your desire for sex is like in the movie Nemo, when the sharks are knocking on the wood, talking about our fish are our friends. Yes. Mm. Remember that scene? Yes and, yes. and he's all about, you know, I love Jesus. I love me some Jesus. And then one of the fish cuts themselves and the smell of blood gets in the nostril of the great white shark, and he's like, fish, yeah, right, right. fish are our yeah. friends. That's sexual drive, dude. Amen. It makes you stupid. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, God that is so God, God took me fruitful and multiply seriously. That is, that is it's so the true. most animalistic you will be in your life. Mm. You know, like women, women want to call it lovemaking. I'm like, like we make lo- you know what lovemaking is when I take out the trash? Right. Sex is sex, baby. <laughs> That's what sex is, man. Come on. Come you know? on, man. Come on, come now. On, come on. Preach. Well, <laughs> so so that's what I'm saying is we, we have to we have to realize that when it comes to some things like sex, we all put ourselves in predicaments and situations that are life altering and life changing. And we need to come around women. And here's the thing. A lot of women in our church will get abortion because they would rather face God on Judgment Day than the Christians in the church when they're pregnant. Yeah, that's a real thing. Why are they so afraid? And as a church, we have to wrap around our arms around single moms. We have to be willing to help. Like all these women in my church and all these conservatives, listen to me. You're pro-life, but you won't work in kids' ministry. Mm. You ain't pro-life. Mm. You're not pro-life. Listen to me. You're pro-life, but you won't have a single mom with a toddler in your small group. Mm. You're not pro-life. Yeah. Because you don't get to vote pro-life and then not help women make the best choice. Yeah. And, and the best choice is a hard choice. It usually is. Yep. Usually, the, the reason we run to sin is it's easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not right, but it's easy. And so we run to that, and, and we need to have enormous grace for women because the guy got to, guy got to skip town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, 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 need to, we need to run and, and say, how can we help you? How can we help you make right decisions? How can we come alongside you? And, and then help them, you know, as they date so it doesn't happen again, so you don't get yourself in this situation again because, um, unfortunately... Men, you know, oftentimes think only about sex in those moments rather than what really needs to be thought about, which is I'm going to care for my kids. Mm. I make all my decisions. um, And this is, you know, Tammy and I have to talk about this all the time when we fight about money or whatever. My responsibility as the head of the house is to make decisions, not just for today, but for all time. Like I I have to make decisions like your friend. I think about all the time whose husband died, the dentist. Mm -hmm. 
orthodontist, yeah. The orthodontist. He thought about her, and he, and he's still thinking about her even though he's dead. Mm. That's how I view my role. Uh, now, if your wife is better with money, then you need to let her make those right, decisions. Yeah. But my wife and I, my wife is emotional when it comes to spending, mm. and, and I'm, I'm not. I am long-term. I, now, I need to engage in the moment and care about those things. Um, you know, I told her if she dies, you know, the house will never change. Like, it's going to be like that, you know. <laughs> which uh, is beautiful. Right, right, okay, right, let's right, just right. be yeah. honest. It's Pinterest. So, right. but, but, but my <laughs> job, and, and this, is, this is the problem with so many women, yes. and they just are. This is a whole other talk we need to have with a bunch of girls, just like us girls, is why are women <laughs> attracted to the bad guy? Oh, my word. What That's is another. that? Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, he's going to have sex with you, but sure. he ain't going to help raise the kids. Yeah. He's not going to help raise this child. And, and, and here's the thing, ladies. Getting pregnant and raising a child changes what you're attracted to. Mm. It just does. Because knowing Jesus changes what you're attracted Amen. to. Let me throw that in there right yeah. now. Okay, really? She married a supermodel. Uh, right, you yeah, are no yeah, one I'm to talk. You, <laughs> like, have you Adam, seen her husband? But loves I, the I've Lord. Seen, okay, I've okay, seen Rob. Him. Yeah, that was. Yeah, okay. I've seen we, we will have that conversation. Yeah, her right, husband right. is literally. Yes, the, I know. Like, he's so handsome. I hate him. I know. <laughs> like, I he's don't so like, handsome. I love him. Yeah. Oh my it's God. disgusting. I I want to end up. I want to end it, but. As you wrapped up your message on worship, and as we wrap up today, mm -hmm. Melody, I want to um, tell me what you thought uh, or what your um, thoughts were when he was talking about worship and then even like, um, you know, men raising their hand, all yeah. that stuff we talk about. And then if you'd talk about um, some content that we yeah. have available yeah. uh, about you guys. Well, Matt and I have had great conversations about worship for the yep. past several years. Um, and I think his perspective really matters. One, as the lead pastor of our church. Yes. And as a man. Yes. And as a, a self-proclaimed non-musical person. Yes. That's 90% of our church. Right. So what the Bible says about worship, I think, really matters. And the worship culture of a church really matters. Yes. So let's just talk about the week that we're in. Yeah. A week from today a pretty monumental decision will be made or yes. underway. Yeah. There's a lot of people worried this week. Yeah. They're going to live in a constant state of worry. Do you know what the answer to worry is? It's worship, mm. worship Amen. right? Amen. I like to say worship turns warriors into warriors. Wow. It's a okay. weapon. Amen. It's a weapon. We can be consumed with worry this week or we can worship. Uh, just last week, I was having probably what I would consider like a mild panic attack. Mm -hmm. It just was really struggling. And... I knew what I needed to do. I got alone with God and I began to worship mm. because I needed a reminder of who God is, a reminder of what God has done, a reminder of what's true about me because my circumstances felt overwhelming to me. Yeah. So more Christians need to become avid worshipers. Yeah. That's the conversation that he and I engage in. It's be seven o'clock tonight, okay. uh, sandalschurch.tv, Facebook, yeah. YouTube. Um, but let me just also say, too, that um, one of the great, and I'll, this is just a teaser for the conversation. One of the things I love that Pastor Matt says in our conversation that you can watch later tonight is, um, and to go back to Dave's question, mm -hmm. to start where you are. A as a worship leader, we're never trying to manufacture an emotional response mm -hmm. or an right. emotional environment. So if we say we want you to lift your hands, we're not doing it to go, okay, grab a photo and look at all the people that right. I moved sure. into the sure, presence sure, sure. of God. No, got you. When we raise our hands, 
What we're doing is we are raising our hands as a symbol of our need mm. for God. Mm-hmm. I talk about it as a child who lifts up their hands like, Mom, Dad, pick me yes, up. Yes, so good. I need you. Yes, My hands are going up because I recognize what I'm not, what I need, what you are that I don't have. I need rescue. I need healing. I need deliverance. Um, I need help. Like whatever. That That's just a symbol. But again, you may just need to start, you mentioned in worship, you, you may just need to start with praying through worship. So maybe it's moving from your stiff arms and your unmoving lips. We see y'all out there, yeah, by yeah. the way. Uh, to, I'm praying. I'm listening to these words. We talked about this too. Sometimes we sing over you. Maybe you are so weak right now, so consumed with worry. You want to believe what we're singing, but you're not there yet. So let it be sung over you. Mm. So it is such a good reminder going into this week, especially of how important worship is personally and corporately. And I think to there's plenty of Daves out there mm-hmm. who are like, what, what do I do? I, I would just echo what Pastor Matt says in our conversation tonight. Start where you are. Yeah. Start by maybe worship for you is just in, in, in starting with the awareness that God is here and he's present right now. He says mm. where two or three are gathered, yeah. I am with you. Amen. So when you gather, he's there. Yeah. Maybe maybe worship for you starts with acknowledging that God is here. Yeah. And mm. you're just you just like sit in that awareness for those fifteen mm. to twenty okay. minutes. Um, the conversation is so good. good. Um, okay. and so I would encourage everybody my teenage boys are going to be listening to this Amen. conversation Amen. Um, because they are avid sports okay. fans. They yes, get excited. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but my one son falls asleep every night to worship music. And when I asked wow. him why, he said, it's what gives me peace before Amen. I sleep. Praise Amen. God. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, that was fantastic. And just so you know, um, the, the real conversations about worship, mm-hmm. um, that's what uh, that content is. And if you happen to be listening to this later, you can go to sandalschurch.tv, uh, real conversation about worship with Pastor Matt and Sister Tammy. Uh, Tammy. Melody. Melody. Yes. Whoa. Yeah, Sister Melody. Um, <laughs> I do love Tammy, though. Y- yes, you do. do. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, that's going to be there for you guys to view. And it is, I'm telling you, it is amazing, awesome. And I just really think as men, men should be the first ones to tune in mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of times we need to be leading the way in yeah. worship. Um, but hey, you've been hanging out with us on the debrief with Melody Workman Thanks for having and me. Pastor Matt Brown. Hey, remember, you can share this. Please share this. We hear all the time that people discover the debrief because someone shared it with them. Yeah. So please share this with somebody. And not only that, continue to hang out in our series called The Election. And that's going to be on the weekend on, on a weekdays at sandalshirts.tv, on YouTube, Facebook. It's all there. Take care. We'll see you next week. Uh-huh.